0: That later on, you know, but Why? not till I'm 25 because they say the brain's fully developed at 25, and then
1: men's brains never fully develop. Oh well,
2: hold on, wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> um. <laughs> Salud gente. Welcome to Mastering BS Podcast.
0: That's right. <laughs> With your host,
1: Alexa.
0: I let him cry. Alright. What's going on guys? Welcome, welcome to the podcast. We got a special guest today. Mr. Hey. Let Damn. me let me let me give in some little bit of details. Oh. I know a few, okay. a few little things that All right. my, All right. my man likes to do. So Go ahead. We, we got a poet in oh. the building. Oh we got a poet. We got a cook in the building. Damn. So we got a businessman. He's he's a he's a <sighs> author of a book I believe is that correct I did a little, that is I did, correct I did a little investigation. I did a little
2: yeah I did I did I have a book of poems out it's called His and Hers it's yeah. on Amazon right now yeah check it out not sponsored Not sponsored. you know shameless plug shameless plug <laughs> got, you to, know. got to got to Add the Soul Worker collected on IG, all right, go ahead, go ahead, that's the ball.
0: And, and, <laughs> and a workout connoisseur.
2: You know, uh, I'll be trying to get it right, get it tight, you know. <laughs> of course, here earlier this Sunday.
0: Jack so. of all trades, Mr. Darren Ward. Oh. Welcome to welcome
2: to the podcast, oh, huh, man. a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yo, we're here chilling, you know, Sunday night. A little something-something uh, little in the cup. Uh, I can't say what it is, but <laughs> hey, you're going to have a good time tonight, guys.
1: It's <laughs> oh getting us to have fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, how did you end up in the master's program?
2: So, I did my undergrad at University of California, Riverside. Mm. And then, once I graduated, I found out about post-bac. Because I knew I needed to do a post-bac. Because my grades in undergrad were not it. Mm. So, I needed need to do a post mm-hmm. So that's how I found out about a post program. Mm-hmm. Got in, did what I needed to do for that. Uh, it's just that for me when it came to applying, I was a little misdirected and I didn't really find out the information I needed to know mm-hmm. at the time uh, based on like where I was at and with, with everything. If I wouldn't know the stuff I know, I think it would have been a different story. But you live and you learn. What do you mean by that? Like applying late, stuff like like little things like that, like or taking your MCAT, still applying, you don't know your MCAT score yet. Things like that.
1: Oh, so you've applied to medical school already?
2: Yes, once before. Yes. So little things like that. Whereas maybe if I talk to the right person it would have been like yo like take your mcat first
1: yeah
2: see what it is then apply right but again i was younger i would just go on what my friend said i think mm.
1: it's kind of ridiculous that like reapplying is considered a bad thing mm. you know like you've applied already yeah and you're like oh i wish that i had it.
0: Yeah, I say that because it is it is it's a more challenging thing. I I, I get what you mean, like by, I th- I def- I think I definitely kind of portray that too, maybe sometimes, but because I know it's going to be difficult because I've made bad mistakes. I like you know like, I I applied this this last year, so I only, but I only submitted one secondary right now, right. and I'm still waiting to see if I you know I did really bad on the MCAT. Yeah, but I think for me, like you know the the issue um, that I did was. I applied to the schools. So I I did follow like the kind of suggestion that they did mm. give me like by like they said only apply to a few schools just so you are applied. And right. then once in your MCAT comes in, if it looks good, then send it to all the schools. Yeah. But I don't know why I was, I was like, you know, maybe if I, maybe if I just apply to these schools, mm-hmm. my favorite schools, it'll, it'll, it'll push me harder, you know, cause I was in COVID. I was studying for the MCAT right. and I was like, this, this dumb thought, I, I, this is what I regret doing, you know, making that dumb thought to think, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to study harder because it's going to drive me harder. And my number one school at the time was UC Davis. yeah, And it still is right now, you know, because they have the the REACH program where you right. go back to the Central Valley. Right. And then UCSF, too, that was another number one school. But I, right. I only say UC Davis as being a, a detriment because with UCSF, the they didn't look at the MCAT score or, like, you know, they neglected that this right. year. But um, for me, like um, – I and I didn't get a secondary from them. So I was it was it was kinda of hurt me to to get that. But I right. know it's cause I did terrible NCAT. I did terrible. Right. I did way below average. Right. And I know that now going up being a, a re applicant now going back, I have to make a whole new application for those specific schools. I can keep the same application and send them to like other schools that I didn't apply to, mm-hmm. like like ones that I'm for sure thinking about for next year, USC. Yeah. I already applied to Drew too. I applied to Drew, so okay. I didn't get anything in. And but then I'll be a reapplicant next okay. year. So it's just gonna be more work on me. And that's why it's not it's not necessarily a difficult thing. I guess there's there is beauty in it because you know, you already have some type of like there and for sure, everything that you've gone through within the yeah. time period of you already applying before then mm-hmm. and now. Like, I think you know, you have so much that you can share. I'm, I'm excited for this podcast, you know, getting more, no more about you, but I know it's gonna be tough for the both of us, you know. I just think, like,
2: process. I talk to code people, I mean, there's been people who applied to medical school like 10 times, mm. you know what I mean? So, like, if you this is what you really wanna do, it's gonna happen. It's just really at the end of the day, how bad you want it. Mm. If you wouldn't do put it, put in the work. Like, I think for me, I had to really analyze my application, be like, yo. Okay, what are your weaknesses? Like, for real. You know what I mean? So, like, it, it like it sucks that it's that way, but it is. And, like, there's people who got 4.0s and don't really want to be doctors. Hmm. Hmm. They want it for the title. like, Or the money, you know? I want to be a plastic surgeon because I going to make over half a million dollars every year. We've talked about this
1: a lot. Mm. Like, people glamorize medicine so much. Yeah. It's just, like they want to do it for the money or they want to do it for the title or they want to do it because in their head, they're going to just be helping people all the time and like they're going to be this hero. And it's just like medicine is just so not that. Medicine is so ugly. You make less money than you think you're going to make and you sacrifice more than you think
2: that you're going to sacrifice. You sacrifice time, time with your family, time with your significant other, me time. Mm. And like just you think it's gonna be medical school? It's gonna be the same thing. Maybe you might even go to medical school at a whole other state. Mm.
1: Yeah. And
2: so then you only gonna see your family maybe twice a year, yeah. three times if that.
1: Yeah. We uh we we talked about that with Samron, where like I I went to, in undergrad I went to Nebraska because I had got a full ride, and I was there for two years and I hated it, and I just really figure it out. I was like, people have this mentality of just like, I'm going to apply to like 50 medical schools and wherever I get in, that's where I'm going to go. And I'm like, you don't realize that you have to live there. You have to live there. You have to deal with the distance. You have to deal with the travel. You have to deal with the culture of your new place, the everything. And people just like, they don't even think past starting medical school that's just all they think about is like getting it it's like that's the goal is like i need to get in i need to get in and it's like no you need to think about your life not only in medical school but after residency and then your career because that's going to be the majority of your life medical school is a very short four years
0: yeah yeah and i just wanted to touch on what you said that like about johnny right Mm -hmm. like i thought myself i'm johnny you know like i'm johnny like the way he's describing, that's me, you know. Three point two giant as me. It's like a it short, right? Kind of because <laughs> they make you write a disadvantage statement. They make you talk about your struggles, almost to talk about like how bad you've had it and mm-hmm. what you overcome from. Kind of like if you have come from so much like trauma and bad, mm-hmm. then we may consider you differently. And then, but then we also also care about the metrics. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. It is a double edged sword. So I feel like we want you to
1: have it hard, but we also want you to do as well as people who didn't have it hard.
0: And I think okay. it, it messes up my mind as an applicant, just thinking like, well, what what do you want? Do you want me to be the smartest dude ever, or do you want me to be this person who's resilient, who's come from mm-hmm. the most hardest upbringing? And like again, like, like it's you have to touch back to your trauma, you have to touch back to the mm-hmm. things that hurt you the most, mm-hmm. and then put that out there, and then also talk about how you're not a great student. And, like, you're almost putting so much negativity upon your own self, like, because you're only talking about the worst things that happened to you. You're also talking about your worst performances in school, just so you can get in the door, just so you can get into the interview. And then from there on, get the acceptance. So, for me, I'm just like, like, you know, it's upsetting to me. But, again, like, what you said, what is inspiring to me still, too, because it tells me, like, you know, you just need to show you are the shit, you know, you need to show you? that you, you can do it. Right. But the thing is, is like, you know, you can't be the person that's because, and it's dangerous though. You try to put yourself as a mentality that you're the shit Now like you can go two ways. You can go into a source of vanity where like you think you're the highest, you know, cocky kind of person, mm-hmm. or you go into this really undetermined space where I feel like I'm trying to figure out like, you know. How am I the shit or how am I that guy? How am I that dude? Like, how can I describe myself as that dude when I know
2: there's so much bad about me? You know, I I, I think I I think one thing you got to do is like it's just being confident and then being arrogant. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, we all you went through your shit, but now like, all right, I'm in a better place. I'm about to, like, for instance, doing this master's program, you're going to bust your ass, you gonna get these A's, right? Mm -hmm. You retake the MCAT, you're going to do much better than the last time you took it. So it's more or less, uh, like, when you, because, yeah, think about, like, you're a company and you're selling yourself in a way, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's as bad you want to get in medical school, they need somebody like you. They don't want, they don't want a robot. Like they had all these robots going to school. Like who wants a doctor like that? You want a doctor? Do you want a doctor like that? I don't know if a doctor <laughs> like that. My doctor, doctor came cool as fuck. Like I remember the first time I switched over, he like, I did like my screening and all that. And at the time I was, I had a girlfriend, you know, I just broke with my girlfriend. He was just like, oh, we yeah, we had an STI test. I was like, no, nah, never had STI test. Like, man, he was like, man, you can't trust these hoes. You need to go, <laughs> yeah, go ahead and get an STI test. Like, he said it straight up. You know, I was cracking the, I was cracking up and everything. But, like, you have to, I mean, like, you got to think about it. Like, you don't want a robot as your doctor. Like, we and are I, people.
1: And I think that the good thing about um, like, the applications now is, like, it is becoming a lot more holistic where, like, 10 years ago that's all they would take is, like, people who had 4.0s, who could take a test, who scribed in college and did all of the, like, well, perfect like, things. And, like, now mm-hmm. they're realizing sure. like, oh, those people don't make great doctors. Well, they can have, take it. a good test mm-hmm. but when it comes to, like, people skills and clinical skills, like, they can't communicate. They can't talk to people and that's not good for business either like when you have a doctor that people don't want to see and like don't want to pay for then like that's not good business so i feel like the good thing and it's slow it's a slow transition but i feel like it is becoming a little more holistic where they're just like oh okay maybe we want like people with like actual like
2: real life skills i think one of the issues is so as a medical school they want to make sure you pass step one step two yeah. So, like, I mean, now, now step one is pass or fail, yeah. right? So then all, all we got to worry about once we start is step two. Um, so I think that's why they're starting to change that because, like, before, like, step one was so heavily graded, mm-hmm. like, you couldn't get certain specialties based on your step one yeah. score, you know what I mean? So I think now, that's all I'm saying before, like, you're, you're like your mini company. And like, you just got to kind of like package yourself in a certain way. That's all I'm starting to realize now that I'm older, I ask the correct questions. Cause a lot of times we're not asking the correct questions. Cause the difference to say like us and say like someone who has the 520 or whatever, like it's test taking skill. I never studied, I never studied in high school. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to study till after I graduated college. I didn't know how to study. Cause I thought, because I was like, oh, shit, I'm getting by. I'm like, cool. Yeah. But like, that's what I'm saying. That's a skill. That's not like a talent. Like you're taught how to do that. If you the difference between like you go into a public school and private school, you're taught that shit. You're, they teach you. Oh, look for these type of words. Look for that. Like, I'm just a i am just like I'll be asking people, how the f you know that? Oh, well, you know, if you look at how this uh is formulated, look for that.
0: Uh, man, man, I, oh my gosh, like, it, I, I resonate with that a lot with what, what you say, and just also you talking about you and, like, for me, the biggest example of that for me is SAT, like in high school, because, you know, I never knew that they had test prep or, or stuff like that for SAT or nothing like that. I know the book that the SAT gives you, but I didn't know they have like, these courses you could take, yeah, you could hire tutors, you can do specific programs. I didn't know nothing about that, bro. Like, and for me, like me, like, you know, I did terrible in the SAT mm-hmm. and ultimately my decision was to go to a uh, Christian private school that was like um, close to my family home. Right. And like, you know, they had lower, like, you know, lower standards at, or go to community college. Mm-hmm. Like those were the only two decisions I had. And, you know, thanks thanks to God I was able to go through like from scholarships to go to the, the Christian school, you know, I, had, that's, I went to private school for the first time in yeah. my life. And just learn how the difference was, you know, the difference in education. And then, like, seeing how other kids in my class, like, where'd you learn all this stuff from? Like, where, how do you, like, there's kids playing World of Warcraft in my class, like, not even paying attention. Chill. They're scoring higher than me. Chill. I'm over here eight hours, 10 hours, trying my best studying. Like, you know, and like how you said, like, how did you learn how to, like, you know, not being able to learn how to study until college? I learned how to study in, in college, that's when I got there, but then even then, my study techniques were inefficient. Yeah. I was able to do well in my courses, but it was taking me eight, eight plus hours. It, it
2: took eight
0: hours, it took them three, right? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, and they would get me mad.
2: That yeah, you'd be mad. hot. Yeah, You'd be like...
0: So oh. much,
2: I don't, I, don't, I don't like that dude. I, I feel you. <laughs> I thought I went to a decent public school, too. <laughs> I thought, I said, I'm, I'm de- I'm, I went to a decent public
0: school, I think. That's a whole other thing, too, <laughs> though. Like, the,
2: the,
0: like, you know, people doing partying, like, smoking, getting involved in, in
2: bad stuff in school. But then again, like, when you young, like I, I didn't know who the hell I was at 18. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, my first time away from home, uh, like, you know, I was an hour away from home. And my parents were strict. Like, I didn't even party in high school at all. Like, mm-hmm. I played football, and all that. There was parties after the games. I was at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, and I just, I played sports and I did homework. That's what I did. It wasn't until I got on my own in college, had my own schedule. Where I, was
0: like,
2: I have free time? <laughs> what? I can go to the function on Thursday? <laughs> Thirsty Thursdays? Friday, Saturday, and me? <laughs> what? Man, man, oh, hell yeah, like I'm weird, you know what I mean? So like, but then like, you know, that was the first time, you know what I mean? I'm like, I ain't know nothing about that. I ain't smoked weed, I went to college. Yes. Smoked weed for the first time, I was like, oh shit, it's not that bad, it's my parents are saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to knock nobody who, who has, has tried weed. Yeah. Because- If I, you
2: smoke weed,
1: Esteban will narc on you. No.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. not say that. Wait, wait. Let's (laughs) not (laughs) say that. Bro, if I tell you that my friends, they dealt it, they dealt that, they dealt other stuff too, they dealt. You know, shrooms, cocaine, all that stuff. Yeah, they they was trapping. Yes. In other words, <laughs> yes. And I was always with them when they were they were selling or doing yeah, yeah. it. I was and with I them. I bet
1: your parents don't
0: know that. No. Well, uh <laughs> I told <laughs> my mom no. later on. I told my mom later on after all that. You know, after mm-hmm. what's that wasn't. You know, just you know, in Fresno, even in Fresno, I was with the homies who would do that. Right. But, but At I. FPU? FP, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is. I'm not gonna say no names. It's I'm not no nerd. Name them. <laughs> no, no, we, we don't know. But but
1: <laughs> We're snitches here. But yeah. I,
0: I still think like this is my idea about the whole idea of weed. Like because I but this is only based off of the the the, the little bit of knowledge That's that my good. that my physiology professor told me. Yeah. And he said that he found research that when while you're learning, yeah. it's not good to smoke weed because it affects the distance between the synapses and the neurons. Yeah. I don't know what paper he was sourcing or where he Mm -hmm. found that. But I think if given the case of that, it can be true. Like, you know, how can we say that this is not, you know... Because I want to smoke weed one day. I will... When I'm 25, because <laughs> this is the, this is the, Mr.
1: like, I would love to smoke you one day
0: that later on, you know, but one not until I'm 25, because they say the brain's fully developed at 25.
2: And then
1: men's brains never fully develop.
2: Oh, well, dang. hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Like, <laughs> we're not going to end the gender debate right now because I know some women. But, uh, some of y'all do so some excess, too. I, I agree. She, she's outnumbered. She's like, <laughs>
0: but I, I'll let you know that I'm a neutral person when it comes to, I think, I think. I think women are actually much more, like you know, a, like they are, you know, they can rule. You know, I think it's they
1: really can rule. Tiptoeing around,
2: yes, <laughs> because they they. This, when he says rule, it's because men will do anything. <laughs> Also, not for only the, uh, I think that's
1: that will, dangerous to say though, because then you're saying that women only get places because they're desired by men. Whoa. No, no, no.
0: let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. I don't want words in my mouth, you know, because I just had barely started.
1: hates women.
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. I'm, I'm trying to retrack, retrack. he did not say that. Thank you.
1: But, but he has
2: a girlfriend
0: and he loves a girlfriend. i was, gonna girl say, I was, girl I was not here, even going to go into. <laughs> 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 I don't need to apologize. No. One. But it's, I was not going to go into that because I feel like, you know, like for me, you already know how Latina mom and, you know, a son relationship is. And, you know, how mom's baby, the son. And, you know, for me, I have so much respect for my mother. My mother is not an educated woman. She could have been an educated woman. And I feel like. I, I see my mom and I just, like, you know, if I knew she would have had the tools, if I knew she would have had the, you know, the ability to go to school and stuff, mm-hmm. she would have achieved so much on right. her own. And she's such a powerful woman. Right. Women's power is so much different than a man's power. Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, women
0: definitely point of view. I and I think mean, it's stronger, bro. I think it's stronger just because they. I, I think for one thing, because oh, yeah,
2: we get, uh, <laughs> as men sometimes. Depending on what the issue is, we we don't, or we can get like kind of short sighted. You know what I mean. Whereas like like a woman, her perspective, like that's why it's necessary. Like both like men and women need each other. They have that uh that viewpoint. You know, like for me, it was my grandmother. Right, she was like the 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 head of the family. You know, the cool head. Like when stuff would go down, she was able like to calm everybody. You know, like yeah. so like but 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 you need that and like th- that perspective is always needed. So I okay. think and there's
1: value in like you said like your mom's not educated and like was your grandma like did she have No, my
2: grandma that? grew up in Memphis, Tennessee.
1: Right. So it's uh, like you know people you know you don't need an education to like add so much value not only mm-hmm. to like your own household but like the community that you live in. Mm-hmm. And I think that we we place a lot of value, especially like as pre-meds, like mm. we're forced to place so much value. Well, that. like
2: that's yeah. a whole nother issue. I also think because like people think education means success. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I feel like in our case, yes, because you have to go to medical school to become a doctor. Right. But like there be you can be an entrepreneur and never go to school. Mm. Mm. But if you understand money. How it works? If you hustler, you know how to get money. There's no school for that, right?
0: Mm. right. I, I want to touch on that for sure. I think the two parts. I think first talking about like trying to finish like what I was trying to say about my mom, mm-hmm. and then also uh, yeah,
2: just redeem yourself here.
0: <laughs> no, I'm already redeemed. I'm I'm good. Okay, no, but like I, I appreciate you being the the voice of the woman right here. You know, I I, I we need that for sure. But what I'm trying I was trying to say is that you know like. My mom, if she would have been given the resources, and she, right now, the, my grandma still lives at the house that she was raised in, and she would tell me um, what this is, she told me all this when I broke down to her, when I started, like, just broke down to her, and I told her how tough school was for me, yeah. because, you know, like, I was struggling, and then they wow. were, they, I felt like they weren't supporting me, and then this, this is when she told me this, that she, in
1: under.
0: yeah, in undergrad, and then she told me that she had that opportunity to, and she would go to the she would go to the roof every night and just look out in the stars and wish she was away from where she was mm-hmm. and where she was living. And for me, like, if I, I'm like, I just always think, like, what if my mom would have gone to school instead of came with my dad? You know, what if she would have done that? And I think, but the whole societal structure around my mom and dad's relationship, where she had to make the decision to go mm-hmm. or at least stay instead of her, my dad following her lead, is because, you know, that kind of. Sp- 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 Female male structure society has always taught us, and women are disenfranchised. disenfranchised. They are in society not given the
2: platform. Yeah, not getting the respect they should they and deserve.
1: But, but it's good that she had the, the choice to, to mm-hmm. make. That it wasn't I think, made for her.
0: Yes, I think I think so. But I think she was she was young and she didn't have any mentorship. Right. And I think that's what I was trying to go into in yeah. the, into the platforms. And I think like um the, having the giving women the platforms later on they. You know, I I think in the future we will have the first woman
2: president. I, I mean, we we do get a vice pre- a woman as a vice president right, right. now. But we the first the first, <laughs> the first black and Indian mm. woman who is vice president. She's dope, bro. You know, so like, but I, I do feel what you're saying. Like, women it has been forced in a certain role. My dad was the same way. Mm. You know, what I mean, like my mom and like. I would see certain things and like at times my mom feels small. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I don't know, that's really like as a kid, you'd be like...
1: You're like something's off.
2: Like I don't know if that's right. You know what I mean? And like so I know me now grown whoever I decide to have, you know, when I get married, whatever. And I wanted to be like a partnership. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Not like what I say Go.
1: You're so right. Cause it's like when when stuff gets real, you either like have your faith or you have your friends or you have your family and it's it's you need to be like a a whole person and not just be like cause like when people talk about like self-care or like focusing on you, I think sometimes it can be very like surface level of being like, oh, take care of yourself physically. Or take care of yourself in your job. Mm -hmm. where it's just like sometimes self-care is hard work of realizing like maybe I have really bad habits. Or like maybe I do stuff that's like really toxic to not only me but like the people around me. Yeah,
2: I mean, but that's also part of learning who you are as well. I mean, sometimes you're not going to know certain things you do until you're in the situation or someone bring it up. Yeah. And like, you know, like I'm not going to say faith because like people, different face and all that. I don't know what people believe and stuff, but I do know that like, like a lot of times, like it may take either your friends bring something up or maybe uh, someone you dated once before, like, yo, you, you do this, okay. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so like, but, but it takes also the maturity of yourself to be like, okay, like, what do I do that maybe it's quote unquote toxic mm. not only to me but to other people
0: yeah.
2: mm. but that takes you to first have the maturity to be like it's hard, it's hard. no it's hard you gotta really look at yourself in that's the good. mirror yeah. it, that's the hardest thing to do to be like yo like what when I, but I when I'm, I do this that's I really cool problem? <laughs> sometimes you are yeah and no, sometimes most of the time. <laughs> and sometimes you are the problem what are you so, trying to
0: say I'm not saying you but me I feel like it's mostly me but I think I wanted to jump in and uh-huh. just say like you well,
1: know I think circling back, I just wanted to touch on like, like women's roles. I think that that's medicine is not exempt from that at all. Cause like Mm. I grew up where my dad didn't do anything in our family. Like my mom was the one who worked. She provided for us like everything. And then like, not only has she like gotten to that point, but like when she was in medical school, she applied to like their surgery program. And like back then she was the only woman that was accepted Mm. and she ended up dropping out because she just knew how much of a nightmare it was going to be to be the only woman in this program. Yeah. And so, I mean, we've come a long way, but like you, we're not going to progress if, if we don't realize that like, that's, there's still like so many remnants of that. And, and, you know, we, medicine people are like oh you know like it's so like female heavy now and all that stuff but yes and no right because it's like it's like you can look at the numbers and see one thing but like if the women in in those spaces don't feel empowered by their older yeah Yeah, their 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 peer peers or by their older colleagues or whatever then
2: i mean because do you think about someone's like, once we enter medical school and then once we graduate into our, our whatever residencies we choose, like, like, for instance, like, I know, like, I'll most likely be the only black male, maybe, or maybe one or two. Right. That's, that's what it is. I mean, looking at the numbers, like, like, you know, most medical schools, unless I go to a HBCU, I will probably be the few. Yeah. Few black people and then few black males at that.
0: Yeah, and like with Latinos, only 5% of physicians in the whole United States identify as Hispanic Hispanic or or Latino. And I think that's where mentorship comes in heavy. Not only in what we were talking about before with the idea of uh, finding the appropriate person to look up to so they can show you the right way, a healthy life, but also medicine because and then also we need our patients we feel this right yeah as like aspiring physicians but imagine our patients How, how you and, doing, and like how, yeah,
2: how they feel we're, we're like sp- I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest like I'm not saying there's not uh c- certified and uh doctors who are not non-black non-latino who I feel comfortable with but I ain't gonna lie if I do see a black or Latino physician, my guard down a little bit <laughs> <laughs> like I'm being real like he he starts like, hey what's up Darren I'm like hey what up like <laughs> I feel good you know what I mean and then he tells me oh yeah I'm from LA I'm like oh hey, cool versus like Dr. Greenwald like Just uh, you feel like that intimidation. You feel that intimidation. You know, I don't feel the same way. Like, you know?
1: And it's like people who don't come from underrepresented communities don't see the importance of representation. They're just like, Well, why don't you just care that they're a good doctor? Like that's all that should matter. I care about both. Like, yeah. I care about both. I mean why can't I have both? Like why why do I why does it always have to be like, Oh, okay, just you should just care about who's the best. And according to med school, only white and Asian people are the best, which logically doesn't make sense. You I mean, know, like you can't nah. you can't just be like, oh, well, most doctors are white and Asian. So that means that only white and Asian people make good doctors like that's just not.
2: It's just you know? like from a cultural standpoint. Right. Let's say like, for instance, a patient comes in. Right. And like, let's say, for example, we just talk about let's say a patient comes in type two diabetic. And you know, like, they ain't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Cause probably because of the food they be eating. So, all right. Like, versus, let's say, like, my patient come in. Let's say she's she's a black woman. And, you know, like, Christmas dinner. I know I know what's going to be on the menu, right? I'm like, hold on. What like, I'm being Miss Green, what you been eating? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So, I'm like, hold on. You can't be doing that, Miss Green. So, I think, like... A lot of it has to do with just educating yeah. our people and letting them know, like, okay, like, yo, certain things are gonna affect you a certain way. Some doctors don't take the time to do that. I'm excited for
0: personalized medicine and for us to get into that, for for us to just have more researchers when we're medical students or develop those resources. Cause I don't think I think it's underdeveloped. I think there's a lot of research, but for us to develop it more so, so that way we get to that point where. Not only is our healthcare system nice, right. but we also it's like nice. we we can we can uh, give each patient the adequate care that they they right. personally should deserve right. because they're paying the price. Right. The thing is, we, we're so consumer based, but we're not we're not um, appropriately um, giving them what they paid for. And then especially because the United States, we are major like invest. We put so much money into healthcare mm-hmm. spending. But have the worst healthcare outcomes yeah. because it's so, so misproportionately right. given to like yeah. underrepresented communities aren't being. I mean, because you don't
2: have the best insurance and you can't afford certain things, certain access. Mm. Uh, same way with like, that's why another reason why mental health is important too. Yeah. You know, like, especially in our communities, it's so like taboo. If you go see a psychologist, if you go see psychiatrists, they'd be able to ask some white people shit. Like (laughs) That's what they say No
1: literally yesterday (laughs) I was about to go to a Friendsgiving And my friend that I was with got a call Her fiance's a cop and he had had a Panic attack and ended up In the hospital and he's had Two of these now and ended up in the hospital But he refuses To go get help and Even though he's had people He has coworkers Who are like no dude like I go see someone Like every week like you can't You can't expect to, like, be a cop and see all the shit that you do and then just go home and, like, leave it.
2: No, you need to talk to somebody. Like, I I really feel like probably everybody should see some type of therapy, whatever, because it's a lot of shit you go through through life that you're going to need some help, like, processing that shit. Or else you're going to end up either projecting whatever the fuck you're feeling on the ones that are close to you, or it's gonna mess up how you just go through life. So I just think like that's something that everyone, it's not, and it's not like a, a rich people thing, it's not a white people thing. It's something I feel like everyone should do. Cause
1: there's such a stigma, especially with like immigrant parents. It's just like, like trying to get my mom to go to therapy is just like, for her, has just been such a struggle because that's not something that is normalized. In like our cultures, yeah. it's just like, oh, that's for like crazy people or like that's for like serious
0: issues. And my, my mom, she struggled a lot with depression. She had like clinical depression and it was hard for my dad to help her through that time. And it, it was a real awakening time for our whole family. Like Yeah. When she was going through that. Well, she just didn't want to even get out of bed. It's hard
1: because like mental health is something where it's like if you haven't because I know this because I was clinically depressed in college Mm -hmm. and it took me it took my mom and I like three years for her to finally like know how to help me because she'd never experienced it. Mm -hmm. And if you never experienced it, then it's just kind of like and if you're not educated about it, it's kind of just like, oh, well, like just go do something that makes you happy or like, you know, like, choose to be happy today. And I'm just like, that's not. It's not It's not as
2: simple as that.
1: It's like um, I had to tell my mom like, if you send me one more inspirational quote, I'm actually gonna kill myself. <laughs> like that's gonna be <laughs> what sends me over the edge. <laughs> so,
0: it, it, sorry, I shouldn't. Have no, that it's but, fine. Yeah, I like, just see my dad do, or like, yes.
1: right. <laughs> like they just. My mom was like trying to help in ways that she thought, and I'm like, mom, that's just not
2: it. I mean, like I think that's another thing too. Like, like ask maybe the person or the family who maybe has a family member or a loved one who is dealing with something, I think it's also important and then, like, you got to talk to people, like, what's the best way to go about this? Like, i give you an example when my, mom, when my mom passed, right? Everyone can say, all this inspirational shit. That shit was pissing me the fuck off. Yeah. It was, you know...
1: And it, even was, when, it was like,
2: it was God's time. I'm like
1: even in Christian really? communities, like they tell you that they say like
2: w- you want to hear that shit.
1: They <coughs> but like there's more conversation now, at least that I've heard of. Like yeah, when something bad happens, like it was God's timing, and God will be with that person. But you don't need to tell them that. You want to hear that That's not what they need to hear.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna tell you straight up. You don't want to hear that shit. Like I'm sitting, people just I'm sitting in the
1: hospital, and they just want to be like.
2: Oh, it's about cause the it thing is God's
1: timing, like I'll pray for you and then just like leave it. Where it's just like they don't want to sit in like the ugliness with you. And that's I think what it's you more need.
2: about like they think they're doing your a favor. And sometimes it's almost about them. And some for certain, yeah. I'm not saying for everybody, but no, sometimes they, it's about they them. They want to feel
1: like they did something for
2: you, you know. But like at the time, like, like literally, I was in the hospital, my mom was dying. And then like my aunt tells me, well, you know, if it's God, I'm like, I don't want to hear that shit. Yeah. You don't want to hear no shit like that.
1: And I've heard that, like that at least people in the Christian community are becoming more aware of, you know, as much as you want to be like, Oh, I'm praying for you. Or like, you know, God's timing is perfect or whatever. Like that is insensitive. Like however much you think it's true. That's not what that person needs to hear. And I think that it is like, a thing of just like you want to say something to make them feel better and you feel it's better. Not the
2: best thing is just be there. Right. You don't don't say a goddamn thing.
1: Exactly. Just be there. That's like, what people I need. told,
2: like, when I went through that situation, someone asked me, what can I do for you? I'm like, look. Just be here. And you just, we just go just kick it. We don't even talk about it. Yeah. That works for me we't got some people feel like they got like you't so, gotta do that
1: yeah it's people feel so uncomfortable and that they everyone feels like there has to be like a resolution or they have to fix your problems or they have to say the perfect thing where it's just you need to just accept the fact that this is ugly and it's sad and you just have to sit in it with them and that's you
2: all. gotta deal with it like the, as as you as you the person deal with it there's nothing anybody can say to make you feel better. If someone that you love died or going through some shit, like you got to somehow process that, yeah. you know, like, and I know for me, like I had to learn how to process mm-hmm. that in whatever way that was productive for me. Mm-hmm. Like, and that looks different for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, but I think the thing is that like, of course, I think because they care about you, they want to say those things. And because they really don't know what to say, and then sometimes they end up doing more harm than good because then, like, as a person gone through that emotion, you get pissed. Mm. And the next thing you're going to do, you're going to lash out at them and then like, whoa, I was just trying to be da 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 But, like, I just think that that's none of That's why I said mental health is important because I think whether you going through something or, or, or you might be on the other end where someone you care about them, What's the best way I can help them through this?
1: And like, I don't need to fix their problems because I think that that's something that a big thing I learned from going through depression is like, people always want to give you a solution. They don't want to accept that this is just how it's going to be for now. They want to be like, oh, you can do this. Or like, I've heard exercise helps or I've heard that you can do this. And it's just like, I don't need your tips. I don't need you to tell me that you think that I'm great and, like, I can get through this. Like, I don't need that. I don't need you to fix my problems for me. I just need you to, like, listen to what I'm telling you.
2: I think it's the fact that it's uncomfortable. Like, it's awkward. Yeah. It's it just, that, that's just awkward. Like, if someone you know going through some shit and it's not, like, fun, it's awkward. Like, you know, and another thing is, like, you as the person going through that. You have to figure it out. You're really on yourself. Can no one really fix that for you? You have to figure it out. So if that means you got to do the homework and talk to a therapist or, you know, like, yo, like maybe I need to try this exercise. Whatever it is that you have to do to get to the point where you feel better. Like you are responsible for your own happiness. Like no one else is no one else can make you happy. That's why people think like, oh, let me get in this relationship or friendship. Make me happy. No. Mm-hmm. You gotta be happy before you even get in that shit. Yeah.
1: How can we apply that as doctors? Because there's gonna be infinite moments where yeah. you're gonna see ugly parts of people's lives. And it's like, how do you how do you retain the sensitivity? Like, first of all, not become desensitized to it, where like 15 years in, you're just like, okay, yeah, whatever. I see this every day. But at the same time, you can't grieve every single loss or every single ugly situation, because then you're gonna be empty. And that's when you burn out. So it's like that balance of like, yeah. staying sensitive to your patients, but at the same time, not grieving that with them, because that's too heavy for you.
0: Yeah, I, I, when, I, when Darren was talking, I was just thinking in my mind, like, exactly that. Like, how can we develop
2: some type of system where we can help our patients? I think they're like, some of stuff we just going learn with life, as you get older, and goes going through certain situations, like I can say like, when my mom passed, like it changed me. Like I'm not the same person I was after that. Um, and uh, and I think that like when I I look at death, like I just look at it in a different, uh, like different eyes. So I just think a lot of the stuff, like you may not know just because you never went through it. Like if you never really lost someone this is going to be kind of hard to really relate to that. Like, if you're in the hospital and you see someone lose their mom and you never lost your mom before, you're not going to be able to really say anything or, because you, you just won't know. Mm -hmm. Certain things you just won't know unless you've really been in a similar type of situation. I just, what it is. And I just think the best thing you can really do is just show that empathy in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, also understand, like, it's not going to be okay for a while. Like, for them. It's not. And that's normal. And that's okay. Like, I was not okay. And that's, and I, and not only does that family have to realize that, but, like, you, as their physician, want to be like, it's going to be rough. I can try to give you the tools or, to help you get through this process, but like to say stuff like "it's gonna be okay," that is condescending.
1: Hmm.
2: Like it's not gonna be okay. It's What's,
1: empty. It's such empty words. It means nothing.
2: It just it's just very condescending because if you just lost your mother, your father, your grandmother, you were, and that and the last
1: thing you're feeling in that moment is like, "Oh, it's gonna be okay."
2: When you go through trauma, whatever it is, you also learn stuff about yourself. And like you start to analyze, okay, like, why do I feel this way? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, why, like, why, you know, what, is, what am I learning from this situation about not only how I'm feeling, but about myself and how can I make myself better? Cause like I think that's what you know we gotta concentrate on. Cause like right you're talking about when you went through that breakup, like, you know, yeah, you gonna feel your hurt, all that, you're gonna feel your emotions. And then once you get past that part, okay, so why did I feel that way? Why, why do things go wrong? Like you can start analyzing, but first you gotta, like you said, you gotta feel those emotions.
1: And that's so important, is you have to let yourself feel them. Like no matter what they are. And I think that no matter with whatever trauma it is or grief or loss, people wanna go around it. People want to be like. What can I do now to make myself busy, to make myself distracted, to move on to the next thing? And it's just like if you don't go through it, through the ugly part, through the hard part, then going around it, you're never going to get to the other side.
0: There's this interesting thing that I learned while taking psychology classes, like developmental psychology, like for children. And like my professor, he was like. When children get hurt, like, the first thing parents do is, like, you know, attend to them, attend to their pain, like, oh, I'm so sorry, it's okay, everything's gonna be okay, you're, you're okay, but then, like, he told me, like, instead of doing that, try to do this, and I've never done it, though, but I don't know if it works, but he said, like, oh, it does hurt, huh, that hurt, that must hurt really bad, that is really, really terrible, like, if a kid stubs his toe or something or falls or hits himself and he's just on his, like, forehead mm-hmm. and just crying, like, crying, crying dang, that really hurts. That's a terrible, terrible thing, like, you know, that, that you got hurt like that. Or, like, you know, going into saying, yeah, that is a
2: reality yeah. of, like, you know, something that happened. I think about, like, I think it's important, like, I think everyone should probably see a therapist. Like, everyone got issues, everyone got trauma maybe they never dealt with. Yeah. I just think, like, that's something that we all should do only because, like, thing is you start to see like okay why why am i why do I act like this like in a relationship or why do I act like this in a like in my friendships like certain certain traits that you may see that aren't positive that you continue to do like where does it stem from you know like all this stuff like all behavior stems exactly. from something
1: exactly And like setting yourself up to be the doctor that you want, because we can sit here and be like, oh, I want to be this kind of doctor and help my community and treat my patients like family. But then it's like, okay, I have to look at myself right now. Like, who am I today? Am I that kind of person? Like, could I put on a white coat, go into a clinic and be the kind of doctor that I want to be? And if the answer is no, then like that work needs to start now because I can't just wait until I have the MD to be like, okay, now I'm gonna work on myself to be the doctor that I want. It's like, you have to look at yourself and be like courageous enough to be like, oh, this is a shitty thing about me. This is something that I do that I don't like. And like actually do the work of like, you know, let me acknowledge when I actually do that and then stop it.
2: And I think a lot of times like that just takes time. You put in the actual like work, like, okay, why, why do I do this? Like. Why is it that I do this? Like, sometimes you just got to ask yourself that question. Like, damn, what the hell did this stem from? Like, this behavior. all behavior is either a reaction or something learned.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think mental health in the medical field, as like on the physician side, is still very much stigmatized. On your application, they want to hear this story and they want to hear the trauma and all that. But don't mention any mental health issues because that could get red flagged. And, like, that's such a big thing where it's just like, okay, like, I want to hear all the stuff that you went through. But, like, if it had any lasting effect on you or any mental illness, yeah. we don't want any of that. Mm.
0: Yeah. But I'm, I'm so glad to talk about this with you guys. Like, and that are most of, like, you know, people in our cohort, were about that. You know, yeah. we're about helping our community. We, we already recognize, you know, right. that we have you know all this stuff going on and ho- ho- i know there's gonna be change you know yeah i know there's gonna be change and i'm just hopefully we can do whatever we can within the program to bring some of this change but i think i'm excited for for to see what we can do and hopefully do too good
1: this is a good conversation good talk you as stayed on
0: topic.
2: <laughs> I, I
0: love it. This <laughs> 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 is <just laughs> nice, nice. I loved it, man. I love yeah. it. Thank you so much for giving me your time, for giving your wisdom, for giving you, for giving a, us a part of you. And I'm gonna run with it. I hope we all run with it. I hope we continue to. You're
1: gonna propose.
0: Oh, this girl. Bro. He
1: has a girl. <laughs> he has a girl. All right, look. He's he supposed to her. Let's, put this, let's, let's um, put this out
2: here. That's for me, girl. Let him, let him do him. He, he got a girlfriend, y'all. All right? He ain't told to me. All right? I know it's 2020, but he he got a girlfriend. All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. I'm all, okay. <laughs> Thank you, bro. <laughs> no problem, man. I'm not... <laughs> and this is it. This is the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a good one.
1: We'll be back next time with more BS.